If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, folks. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk radio. Not just radio, it's a podcast. It's on Facebook. Even though I have a face for radio, you can check it out. Todd Huff Show. Or excuse me, Facebook.com slash Todd Huff Show. Email Todd at Todd Huff Show.com should you want to. Email your thoughts, comments. I'm also going to give you the Huff Hotline this morning because there might be some – there's a couple things I wouldn't mind getting your opinions on this morning. Huff Hotline – actually, I'll do that whenever I ask the question, so I'll hold off off on that briefly. But we have a Huff Hotline as well. Uh, We don't take the call live, but we do – we do get messages. And we're going to – we're going to, as we expand the two hours, play some some more of these, and I'll be asking you to – to send your thoughts and so forth. Anyway, it's good to be here. Thank you for joining us. So as you know, yesterday, oh yes, actually not even just yesterday. It's rare. It's rare that the Congress of the United States, in this case the Senate and the House managers, actually beat me to work on a day. And they did last night as this impeachment saga moved past the midnight hour. Moved past the midnight hour as this dramatic, uh, well, this, it's, it's a show, folks. This is a, a show. This is a production. This is political theater. And as I've said before and as I would say this morning, it's bad political theater at that. So we've got some a couple of sound bites, a couple of things that I want to Discuss specifically. Uh, there's there's a lot of moving parts here, as you weigh, as you well know this morning. But I want I want to talk about just this fight that we've seen so far, right? I want to kind of paint the backdrop of what's happening and what's going on here. First and foremost, I hope that you please please accept the reality that this is this is for political consumption. Do you remember? Uh, back when Obama was president, I forget who said this. Oz might be able to look this up. Maybe. Looking at me. She's nodding. But I remember during Obama's administration when the Iranians, we talked about Iran yesterday, had a guest that shed some light on that. And... They were chanting death to America. You remember this. I mean, you don't have to think back very far because you hear these chants 
uh, pretty much any time we see a leader of Iran, they're beckoning the crowd to chant death to America, death to Israel, that sort of thing. And I remember there was a person in Obama's administration, and it's escaping me which one that it was, because this became kind of the narrative talking point uh, that extended outside even of this individual person. And they said, well, that's just for domestic political consumption, right? These people really don't believe. The leaders really don't want death to the United States because, hey, how could they? Because Obama, through the help of John Kerry, they inked this Iran nuke deal. That was that was the equivalent of a pinky promise, um, like a spit shake. They, we, we, we were friends with these folks now. They didn't really mean death to America. That was, as they said, for purely for political consumption domestically in Iran. This is apparently what the people, if you follow the rhetoric and so forth of the left, of the media, this is what the people of Iran are clamoring for. Likewise, what we saw last night, and if you stayed up to watch these shenanigans and this sideshow, what we saw last night was for domestic political consumption, pure and simple. And so the backdrop of this is, the backdrop of this goes back to 2016, right? They had they had President Barack Obama in office. At one point, uh, they had control, not in 2016, but not too far before that. They had control of the entire, entire government, the House, the Senate, and the presidency. And so they had begun. They had begun to see their their plans or their their power, their hold on power, crumble, break apart. First with the House of Representatives, then then the Senate. And so these folks, um, first of all, they didn't have they didn't accomplish nearly as much when they had complete power and control as they had hoped. Right, this was back in the day when they had, and even before Obamacare. Right, Obamacare happened after they remember the whole Scott Brown thing, the the sixtieth senator, and how they went about making sure that they got things passed with Obamacare before Scott Brown took office for the seat. Uh, that used to be held by by Ted Kennedy uh, when he passed away. But anyway, so they they had they had the control. They didn't get things done. Obama was still president. Obama was still president, but they thought that you know they 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 longed for this control, this power, and this ability to take control of your life because in their mind, in their mind, you you need them. You need a bureaucratic state in Washington, D.C., looking out for you every second of every day, making sure that they take care of you, provide for you, give you freebies, uh, take from someone else to then give it to you, whatever the case may be. You're incapable yourself. You need someone in the federal government, probably lots of someones in the federal government looking out for, providing for, caring for you. And so – this is, I've said before, I'm talking about the radical, radical leftists. This is their religion. Government is their religion. I'll say that again. For the radical leftist, government is their religion. You know, I said that before. I've gotten, I've gotten an, an email, a really long email from a liberal, and she wrote and she told me how true that that was. She doesn't have a religion, but her belief in government, her belief in her political uh, political ideology and worldview is the closest thing to her religion, to a religion that she has. 
In fact, I might share that email at some point in time. But anyway, the point is this is this is how they view things. And so when they don't have power, when they don't have power, it's it's kind of like their their faith. Their faith in their little G God has kind of been been rocked. Again, I'm talking about the most radical. I'm not talking about every Democrat. I'm talking about the radical, radical leftist. The radical leftist who really believes that government is there to basically provide every basic need and take care of every little decision in life. We're talking about those who could easily be convinced that the communists had it right. They just didn't have the right circumstances or the right leader or whatever nonsense that they used to tell me in college. Anyway, so this is this is the background, the ideology. So they lost that power in 16. They lost that power in 2016 to a man, to a man that was a joke at the beginning of this, to a man that had no chance. And not only that, this man, Donald J. Trump, beat someone who was effectively political royalty. She was... As a Clinton, Hillary Clinton's effectively like a clergy member, a clergy member of uh, of their faith. Like, like this, this is a person who has been. And by the way, did you see Hillary's comments on Bernie, Bernie Sanders? Nobody likes him. She says, "What? What's wrong? Why? Why do we need to hear from her?" I think this is great. By the way, she's out there criticizing Bernie Sanders as Bernie's having a. A battle with my cousin Liz, Elizabeth Warren, over whether or not a woman can win the election. Hillary Clinton's chiming in saying nobody likes Bernie. Bernie's basically a sexist. His campaign is, you know, kind of sexist. They no one gets along with him. No one believes the baloney Bernie's talking about. Hillary's got this problem with anyone who's defeated her. Of course, Bernie didn't, but in a way he did. In a way, he gave her a run for her money, and had it not been for superdelegates, I'm not sure exactly how this thing would have played out in 2016. But anyway, so you've got Hillary, who is really was, – was waiting to be effectively coronated as president of the United States, gets beat. Of course, they've got to find a reason for this, and that reason is Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. The whole reason that Trump lost in – or excuse me, Trump won in 2016 was because of Russia – Russia somehow got into your mind. Russia somehow got into the minds of those people that live in key states, key swing states like Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio, maybe Florida, and they tricked them. They tricked them with social media ads. They tricked them with Facebook ads, Twitter ads, Pokemon Go ads, tricked them, poof, hypnotized them into voting for Trump through some sort of mind control game, through some sort of trickery, some image, some headline, hoodwinked them into voting for Trump. And so this has been the narrative. We had the Russian collusion story. Um, Trump should have been right taken out in handcuffs and all these sorts of things. And it plays perfectly well into this impeachment saga, this impeachment saga, which is Ukraine – Trump's trying to do for in Ukraine what he did in Russia in 2016. He's trying to do it in Ukraine in 2020 by getting the government to help him steal the election. That's how this is this is framed. If you listen to the House managers at all, yesterday, last night, Adam Schiff up there talking about how Trump was trying to get the Ukrainian government, trying to coerce them, I think was the word, into cheating 
to help him win the 2020 election. And this, my friends, is the most dangerous thing in the history of our constitutional republic. It's why the House of Representatives sent these two articles of impeachment to the Senate eventually. They did that because of A, well, the two, the two articles were A, obstruction of Congress and abuse of power. Alan Dershowitz, a liberal Democrat on the Trump on, on President Trump's legal team, says these two things do not rise to a to impeachable offenses because they lack within them the necessary component that says these must be a crime. In fact, Alan Dershowitz, I saw last night, I believe, on Hannity, articulating this a little bit. He said, "Look, look, when the the founders framed the words talking about impeachment, when they, when they wrote the words talking about impeachment." They laid out things like bribery, treason, and other high crimes and misdemeanors. And he said, look, that phrase high crimes and misdemeanors is not meant to imply a regular misdemeanor like, I guess, jaywalking, right? Some liberal – I'm telling you, there's a Democrat out there today, probably a Democrat you will encounter at the office today at your place of work in your neighborhood, at your kid's school, wherever you're going and doing and whatever you're doing today. There is someone out there that could be convinced that Trump could be impeached for jaywalking because it is it is a misdemeanor. And I saw Joe Biden, by the way, talking talking during an interview saying that illegal aliens should not be deported if they were arrested for driving drunk because driving drunk, in his estimation, is not a felony, though it can be in some states depending upon the circumstances. So Joe Biden doesn't want to have people who are here illegally and who have been arrested for drunk driving. He doesn't want ICE to deport them. In fact, he said he would fire. I've got that soundbite if we want to play that later. He said he would fire them if they did that. It seems like, for many on the left, the standard for impeachment is actually lower lower than the standard for uh, remove, you know, removing one from this country, to being deported by breaking our laws and so forth. Alan Dershowitz says, look, there's a criminal component. High crimes and misdemeanors means things similar to treason and bribery. And we don't have that in this case. And so, so the Democrats, of course, know this. 2016 is in their minds. They look at the, the current slate of candidates for 2020. They find that they've got a real problem here. They're thinking about the time in 2016 when they screamed at the heavens on the one-year one year anniversary of Trump being elected, so it would have been in November of 2017. They screamed at the heavens, ah, how dare you, universe? How dare you give us President Donald J. Trump? Ah, this is what they – these are the same people, right, the same people that are arguing for impeachment, these House managers – Probably had some rally where they screamed at the universe, whatever else they did to cope. And so this is, you know, I, I hear, and I've got to take a break a little bit long in this segment. I hear people talking about these senators. Oh, these Democrat senators have to take themselves off the campaign trail. Bet me they do. This is the campaign trail. This is what modern day campaigning looks like, folks. This is a show. This is theatrics. And it's pretty pathetic and bad at that. I've got to take a break. More on this when we return. You're listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Not bitter talk radio. You should be advised that listening to this program may cause you 
to lean to the right. Be careful operating heavy machinery, including your automobile this morning. Talk about impeachment more when we return. Be back in just a minute. Quite proud of herself. She found on the Google or wherever she looked this up that it was John Kerry. John Kerry who said that Iran was chanting death to to America because of domestic political consumption. Likewise, likewise, this impeachment drama, it's bad drama at that. This impeachment drama is for domestic political consumption here in the United States. And so we've been kind of painting that picture here. I want to finish painting that picture. So you have Democrats who are still upset at 2016. You have Democrats who have dreamed about, fantasized about, envisioned impeachment since the day, as I've said on here countless times before, the day that their Play-Doh dried up, the day that they could no longer make a request for a service dog to cope with Trump's presidency. Once they came to grips that Trump was, in fact, president, they went into their natural natural mode, which was to obstruct and attack. This is who they are. This is what they do. Trump – look, Democrats always do this. The Democratic Party, this is what they do. They did it to, they did it to George W. Bush. They did it to Ronald Reagan. And the things that were said about Reagan are – Incredibly similar to the things that are said about Donald Trump. Donald Trump, excuse me, Reagan was a a dunce. Reagan was an embarrassment to the presidency. He was an actor, right? There's incredible similarities between Trump and Reagan. This is what the media and what the Democrat Party does. This is who they are. Now, I'm not talking again. I. It's, I'm not talking rank and file. I'm talking about the leaders, the folks that use the messaging, the folks that leverage their ability to communicate with the complicit assistance, the complicity of the media, right? They, this is what they do. They attack. The only difference, the only difference is finally, finally we have a president who fights back and not just defensively, he'll flip the switch and go offensive, on them, which is where we get the terms fake news, and I've got my fake news stamp right there. Right there. I might start stamping things during the show. Boom. Fake news. Of course, this drives them bonkers and batty, but nonetheless, the truth is, the truth is, is that he's he's not afraid to give it back. He's not going to back down. And so they have to, they have they have no other option. The left ups the ante ups the ante. Trump calls their bluff. This continues to be kind of a back and forth seesaw battle until the me- until the, the 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 Democrat party with the help of the media says we have we have to impeach this guy. We're out of options here. The harder we punch this guy, did you see Gallup has him at the high, <laughs> the highest approval numbers since his presidency. A president that's impeached a president that's a joke, so they tell us. A president who's a danger and a menace and a Nazi and a totalitarian authoritarian. This president has the highest numbers in Gallup since they started 
taking numbers in his uh, for his presidency, his his approval numbers. This, by the way, I'm going to tell you is why Nancy Pelosi was hesitant in proceeding with impeachment because she feared this sort of response. And so now the Democrats are all in on this. They're all in. They're still angry about 2016. They don't want to repeat in 2020. They realize that all this Russian collusion stuff that looked retroactively at the 2016 campaign, this silly, fake, phony nonsense, didn't work retroactively. So now they're trying to say we're catching the president before it happens. And the only, the only thing we can do is stop him. Now, the only way we can stop him is by impeaching him and removing him from office. And so that's where we are. They, and then they look at their – I'm telling you, they, behind closed doors, these folks are very unhappy with their field of candidates. They're unhappy at the ethnic and racial diversity. Even they don't consider the fake Native American background of Elizabeth Warren as being one that's authentic and real. They look up there. They see a bunch of old white guys, a, a make-believe Native American, and they don't like that. Their, their, their first caucus is, what, 12 days away, February 3rd, and we're not even talking about their candidates. And part of that is because they don't want to talk about their candidates because they have a problem. They have a problem with their candidates. So all this stuff fuels this impeachment saga, this impeachment drama. And so they take to the, the floor of the Senate yesterday – and they act like fools. They act like goofballs. They act like childish babies up there fighting about impeachment witnesses. That's what this fight was primarily. I shouldn't say only, but a big a big part of this fight yesterday was about the rules of the trial and, of course, how the how witnesses were going to be called. As Dershowitz said yesterday, I referenced his interview a little bit earlier. Reference uh, Dershowitz says. Talking about witnesses in the Senate right now is premature. Saw this on Hannity's, Hannity's TV show last night. The first thing he said that should happen is the Senate should look at the articles of impeachment and decide if these charges would be dismissed whole, just out of hand because the charges are not impeachable. As Dershowitz points out in a criminal trial, he said this last night, if my if my client was charged with he said dishonesty I would move to dismiss the case in court the charges in court because dishonesty is not a crime likewise abuse of power obstruction of congress are not crimes one of the things Dershowitz says that's required for an impeachable act is that there be a criminal component he says that doesn't exist, so the Senate should immediately, without talking about witnesses or anything else, dismiss these charges because they are not, even if proven, impeachable. Why waste our time? You could say that Democratic leaders like to waste a lot of Americans' time and money as it is, so maybe this is just shooting par for the course, but that's not the way that Americans want their government to function. Dershowitz further said that the founders agree with him. The founders would agree with him. He studied this quite extensively. I mean, he's look, he's a liberal, but he's a he's a fair-minded constitutional scholar. And what this guy says should at least be taken into to consideration. So, so instead of doing that, 
We're having this performance that's underway last night. People are being called to witness. Republicans keep knocking knocking them down. Republicans, to their credit, stood firm against this, not a defection, not a single person voted to uh, to go along with this little performance that the Democrats were having last night into the morning hours because we're premature. We don't need witnesses. In fact, the New York Times missed this chance today. I saw the headline. It said uh, Bolton. It said this for another witness, too. A Republicans block efforts to call John Bolton to testify, but the article said, the headline said, they could revisit this later. Exactly. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of this. So this is where we are in the midst of a political drama. It's a bad political drama at that. So, but this is all politically motivated, right? This is all based upon or rooted in their their disdain for Trump, the way that they handle political adversaries, their fear in 2020, right? We've we've talked about in the past. Um, there's a, a political scientist at American University who studied elections, and he says that unless Democrats have certain conditions, Alan Lichtman is his name, unless they have certain conditions going into 2020, they're going to have a hard time winning. He doesn't care what polling says. He says, I need certain conditions to be met. And unless they get something like impeachment, which they do have the, they did impeach the president, they weren't going, they were going to have less of a chance than they do now. He says, I still don't know who's going to win this thing. But I do know that they need circumstances like this in order to win. That, my friends, is the motivator here. That, my friends, is why we're having this discussion. That, my friends, is why you see the actions taken against the president by the Democrats in both the House and the Senate. And that, my friends, is why it's bad, bad political theater, because it's not rooted in truth. It's not rooted in reality. It's not rooted in the Constitution. It's not rooted in what the founders anticipated, uh, expected, hoped for from their great deliberative body in the Senate, from the from the House of Representatives. They did not expect these things. This is not what the founders intended. This is not how our government's supposed to work. This is a political, politically motivated hit job with the hopes of trying to have a positive outcome on the 2020 election by damaging President Trump and anyone else, anyone else in the Republican Party or who associates with them. And I've got to take a break. So more on this. Uh, man, there's so many things I want to get to. So I need to uh, – I'm going to take a look at what I want to get to next. But we're going to stick with impeachment here through the remainder of this program. Got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. So to summarize, to summarize, we had Adam Schiff on the floor yesterday saying that the president wants to destroy the Congress <laughs> of the United States. That's the, the, the president's desire. Of course, this fits into the liberal media narrative, the radical leftist narrative that President Trump wants to become a king. This is why you'll hear from time to time some of the liberal politicians telling us that we did not have a nation that was designed to have a king. We have a government that has three co-equal branches, which, by the way, I wish that they would join me, join us, in 
working to find a education system that actually teaches this stuff in schools. Boy, there'd be a novel concept if we could teach the concepts of co-equal branches of government, the, the three branches of government, what those branches are, what the, you know, the, the, the two different uh, branches of within the um, two, two different houses in the legislative branch and so forth, how the government's supposed to function. I mean, Obama had a cell phone and a pen. That's what Obama said. See, to me, when I hear comments like that, statements like that from a president, I think that that seems to be more like a king's behavior than someone who says the media is telling lies and it's fake news. That's so, heck so scary about that. How about they try to re, uh, rebut what he's saying? How about they try to fight back and argue instead of simply saying, oh, it's a, it's a violation of my constitutional right. Oh, he's attacking the, free, the freedom of the press. What a bunch of babies. What a bunch of weenies. Put your big boy and your big girl pants on and fight back. If you're so interested in proclaiming truth, then do that. Don't sit there and have a pity party for yourselves. But this happens with the media, with the government. Adam Schiff's up there saying things on the floor of the of the Senate yesterday. So so were others. He's not the only one, but he's he's amongst the most. He may be the most radical, the most insane, crazy that we're going to see up there. The president's lawyers fired back. In fact, at one point, John Roberts reminded both sides, the House managers and the president's attorneys. I got the sound bites here. I just because I want to get to something else. I don't think I'm going to play them. He basically said, look, this is the most deliberative body in the world. I mean, stop and pause for a second. That's a joke today. But nonetheless, our government's become a joke in lots of ways. Talk about something that's become almost uh, systemic. It's the way our government has been abused by politicians for some time. And this is not, not a knock on Republican leadership. This is a knock... Well, to some degree, I guess, it needs to be cleaned up. But this is something that has been there for a long, long time. But the, the Robert said that you know both sides need to clean up the language and tre- basically treat each other with, with respect and the amount of dignity that's deserved by that great deliberative body. Meanwhile, we've got the House managers, which, by the way, if the House managers wanted to hear from all these witnesses, why didn't they call them? I mean, it's, it's so patronizing and stupid what we're going through at this point but they want to be able to have that headline they want to be able to have the headline that says republicans in the senate are trying to have a cover-up this is what schumer says a cover-up and not a trial they're trying to prevent democrats from calling witnesses abusing their power preventing this these obvious charges from having the correct outcome here with which of course would be the removal of the president They want the headlines. They want the drama. They want the focus here. They want this to negatively impact Republicans. And some Republicans are scared. Some Republicans are scared of this. I think, look, this is the time that you can be, you should be a leader. This is the time for for real men and women to step up and to lead, not to cower in the background. And it's with that kind of backdrop that I want to, well, I want to talk about something when we return. So we'll do that. We'll do that when we return. What do you expect? Let me ask it this way. What do you expect from your representatives and senators at this point in time? 
Do you think it's good if they're out arguing in front of the, uh, you know, using the media to try to properly explain this, to get their messaging out, to address concerns, made up allegations and so forth directly? Or is it best for them to remain quiet, out of the limelight, refusing to uh, to step you know, into the media circle uh, for whatever reason? I would maintain that it's probably out of out of fear for some negative consequence for sticking one's neck out at this particular time. But this is when leadership this is when leadership is determined. So I'm curious what you think what you would want to see from your representatives, from your senators in particular. You can share that on the Huff Hotline, 317-455-5250. It'll just be you just leave a voicemail. We're not gonna pick up and put you on live, but I want to know what do you expect? From your leaders, from your senators, you expect them to be out there carrying the mantle, articulating why this is a sideshow, why this is silliness, why this is political theater, or do you expect them to sit by quietly, not out there explaining what's going on, not out there correcting the record that's been destroyed by the likes of Chuck Schumer and the rest of the gang of radical leftists? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. 317-455-5250. Leave a, leave a voicemail, and uh, we, might, we might get to some of those uh, as, as the week unfolds. But I've got to take a time out. You are listening to the home of conservative, not better talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Be back here in – back in just a minute. What do you expect from your representatives at this time, your senators, your congressmen? See, I've been on the record as saying, not as for this particular issue, by the way. I've been on the record as saying this is a time. Not, 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 well, this is a time for, for leadership to – true leaders to stand up. This is the time to do that. But I've been on the record as saying that we – I don't just want my congressman, my senator to, pe- to press the right button during the, the vote – I want my representative and senator out there carrying the mantle of constitutional conservatism. I don't want my representative or senator ashamed of standing up and, and standing upon truth and standing and staring down the face of these maniacal attacks. And folks, I had something happen uh, to me yesterday where uh, – I. I'm not going to share details other than to say it's just sometimes I can't can't do that. But, you know, someone who's whose opinion on impeachment is is important. Um, They've actually taken the position saying they're not going to talk about impeachment during the impeachment process. And I have to tell you, I don't understand that at all. If you want to be a leader, look, if you get into the world of politics, if you get into the world of politics, your job, your job, like it or not, tough or not, opposition, there's going to be opposition. In fact, if you're doing your job, there's probably going to be opposition from someone. Hiding and not not coming forth and articulating the dangers. You think about the dangers of what we're facing right now. And it's not because President Trump's a Nazi. It's not because of that. It's because 
It's because we've allowed this nonsense to happen for way too long. That's what we've, you know, you, you've heard these these statements before. What allows, uh, what what allows evil to prosper is for good people to stand by and to do nothing. And so I want my representatives, my senators, my congressmen, whatever. I want them out there, not just voting the right way, but persuading, persuading other voters, persuading other senators, persuading other representatives, making the case. I'm not saying deceiving as some are inclined to do. That's not what I mean at all. I think actually you do this by shining the light of truth and you don't accomplish that mission by being afraid to step into the limelight. This, in my estimation, is one of the biggest problems we face today. One of the biggest problems we face today is the unwillingness of some to stand firm. And that is also why the longer this thing goes on in the Senate, the longer we see some of these attacks and these political grandstanding opportunities that are being taken by the radical left, the more we see these things happening, the longer this goes on, the more likely... Certain senators are to change their votes. Now, kudos to the group for voting, standing together yesterday in the face of this silly, make-believe, faux outrage from the left, from the likes of Schumer and the rest. Kudos to them for that. But we are at day one. This is nowhere near the fevered pitch that it's going to, that it's going to reach folks. And they need to... They need to not be afraid of this. They need to address this headlong. And part of that is by getting out in the media, whether this show, somewhere else, I don't care. But to get out there and communicate what's going on and the true risk, the true threat to this constitutional republic, which does not come from President Donald Trump. It comes from liberals and the radical left and the tactics, the the, the behavior the things that they are willing to do, because again, the radical left views government as their religion, and they've effectively they've effectively decided that they'll do anything they can, moral, ethical, legal, don't care. They don't care as long as they achieve, achieve their objective, which is more power, more control, a more stable future for themselves, retirement plans and everything else, control over your lives, bureaucratic states, all the rest. But what do you expect from your congressman and representative? Do you expect the same thing? Or are you okay with them not stepping up, not standing up and saying the things that need to be said at a critical time like this? Let me know on the Huff Hotline, 317-455-5250. Got to take a time out. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. I understand that it's easier if you're in politics to want to respond and, and you know, uh, to take the opportunities to kiss babies, to shake hands, to pet puppies. But this is the moment. This is the moment where leadership, leadership is displayed. This is the moment. This is the moment when we need real leaders to step up at all levels of our government, be it the House, the Senate, wherever and actually articulate what's going on, the dangers of what's going on. And again, that's not coming 
from President Donald Trump. This is not a time to be fearful, afraid. It's a time to lead. And I've got to wrap up. Guys, as always, thank you for listening. SDG. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care.